I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander, and in today's beautiful episode, I had my new friend Nadine Artemis. That was uh, a ridiculous rendition of my didgeridoo. Fun fact for y'all, if um, you or your partners, anybody you know, suffers from sleep apnea or snoring, uh, playing, I think, pretty much any wind instrument, but the didgeridoo, uh, learning circular breathing, all those things can be helpful with strengthening the tissue around your throat. If you got a flabby throat, uh, you might be reverberating as you're sleeping. Uh, it helps strengthen the upper glottis muscles, the pharynx, all those muscles in and around that throat musculature. So just a fun thought for y'all to play with um, in this episode, chatting to Nadine Artemis, uh, co-creator of Living Libations, one of the, I think one of the highest quality skincare slash essential oil slash all sorts of other amazing stuff companies in the world and um, highly, highly recommend checking her work out. Um, just reading off of her bio, I don't think I could possibly explain her any better than this. Uh, Living Libations was created by Nadine Artemis, beauty philosopher, aromacologist, and botanical muse, shaping plant intelligence into palpable consecrations to blush senses and muse imaginations. Um, I thought that was really awesome and uh, fun conversation. Got into the whole microbiome in and around the skin, the vagina, the, the mouth, the teeth, um, all over the body really, but really focusing in this episode on how to take care of this skin organ that we have and this living, breathing organ that we call we call the skin. Really, really important conversation. We also jump into all sorts of well, wacky, ridiculous, and uh, fun, esoteric wormholes that I hope you guys enjoy. You know, when we go to sleep, we don't put a lot of energy into making sure that our heart's going to function and that our cells are going to do their job and that we're going to keep breathing. And so when we allow the right environment, then they get to do the work. And so I like to think of the bacteria on our face and skin as our beautician. Thank you so much for tuning in to the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you will find hundreds of videos on self-care and functional movement. You will find the self-care kit, which is a hollow foam roller with two size mouthwash release balls, elastic band, door anchor, all the things. So you can adjust the height of that band. And um, what else? Thank you so much for reviews on iTunes. That is greatly appreciated. Um, five stars, hopefully and uh, utilizing the Amazon portal. This is, I think, almost the last thing. Utilizing the Amazon portal um, on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and the podcast page, please and thank you. Uh, bookmark that thing. Just jump on to the website, linetherapy.com, and uh, for any time you get on Amazon in the future, buy any crap, just use that bookmark, and Line Podcast Foundation gets about 7% of that purchase. Helps fund this show. Please and thank you. Greatly appreciated. Um, I have a quote 
from Mr. Victor Frankel. Victor Frankel is my top um, number one, well, the, his, his book, Man's Search for Meaning, is like my number one pick when someone asked me of uh, if I, whatever book I would recommend. And some quotes from him, I got two. All right, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Uh, he was a concentration camp survivor of multiple concentration camps and uh, his journey through that. I mean, there's all sorts of trials and tribulations that he went through and his perspective, you know, very stoic, his perspective throughout the whole thing and a lot to learn. So when we get our backs pushed up against the wall, it is an opportunity for growth. And Viktor Frankl breaks it down on how to do that. Next quote. Between the stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Um, same idea. In between that space, upon we can either be responding to our world from more of like a reflexive place, um, or we're able to maybe step back just a little bit through things like meditation, general awareness practices, and really be able to choose our response to this world. We can do it. Uh, last two ridiculous things have been going on um, in this side of California. Uh, yesterday for New Year's, went out and packed up a whole bunch of food and bombarded homeless people with uh, 50 containers of chicken and veggies and potatoes and such. And I would highly, highly recommend people doing something like that. Get some toothbrushes, get some soap, get some food, whatever it may be. And just going out and aimlessly doing nice things for people. It's one of the most gratifying things that I can possibly think of. And um, just cruising around Hollywood and, you know, really specifically looking for homeless people or people in need. And uh, you just see a place like Hollywood in a totally different light. I think it's very easy in our lives to just kind of step over people. But um, I think in reality, we are all a part of this game and everyone's kind of playing this role and we take it way too freaking seriously. There are people out there that um, could really use a hug, really use eye contact, really use just human connection. And uh, I think that's a worthy endeavor this year in 2017. In order to receive, we must give, I reckon. Um, what else? Did a, a gestalt therapy session last night. I'd highly recommend anybody checking that out too. Look into it. It could be a cool thing. I'm not going to get into what it is, but um, if you want to get through, like kind of, I don't know, work out some stuff with yourself, with people around you, I think that's a worthy endeavor to get into. So that's all I got. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast and uh, utilizing the Amazon portal. That is awesome. And reviews and all the things. Here we go. Back to the show, Miss Nadine Artemas. Align podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so the one, one, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'd love to talk to you about, but the one of the big things I had mentioned previously was uh, just getting into this whole relationship with our skin biome. You know, and I think yeah. that, I think that it's it's interesting that we we kind of have this sense of like our immune system and everything. It's like inside our body. You know, it goes to our mouth or our nose or you know, depending upon what kind of parties you go to, maybe you're you know somewhere else. You know, but it's like this skin. We don't think of the skin as being a living, breathing organism. Can we kind of sure. just get yeah. into like how that's become relevant for you, perhaps? 
Yes. Well, our skin is a major part of our immune system and that's what we forget. And it's also totally connected up through, um, I like to call our skin the moist envelope of our soul. And cause it is. That's <laughs> <I like> that. <laughs> and there's so much communication going on. Obviously it's, it is our barrier to the outside world, but our skin is receiving information on a sensory level, on a nerve level, on a microbiome level, on immune level. So um, every time we add that, you know, Lubriderm lotion, and I'm not picking on them particularly, there's hundreds of synthetic creams out there, but you're actually like creating a, an immune response on your skin. But it's like our hand that is like doing that to ourselves because parts of the body or parts of the system are recognizing that as like a foreign toxin. And so you're asking your immune system to sort of first respond to that area. And so it does send things out of balance. Well, I maybe well, we're aware and maybe your listeners are aware and culture is becoming to be aware, but we're really becoming to be aware of the microbiome. And it's huge. And, you know, some people refer to this as we're in a sort of post-genomic era. The 90s was all about, you know, genes and DNA. And then we got into the epigenetics and we realized that we are not just programmed by our genes uh, and that we, you know, it's about gene expression and our environment and what food we're eating. And that was a whole revolution. And then what's really coming in strong is really understanding our microbiome, which is the term for the billions, if not trillions of microbes that live on and in our body and are generally about the same ratio of cells that we have. So it's just, you know, it's huge little world in there. We are essentially hosts to our microbiome and the and the microbiome is is essential for us functioning as human beings and functioning healthy and we're essentially just hosts to this big banquet and you want to be a good host to your bacteria so you want to give them a good environment good food and then they're going to take care of the rest they're going to be like they're like your bodyguards and they're going to help take care of the pathogenic party crashers whether that's, you know, periodontal pathogens that are in your mouth's microbiome, your gut microbiome. For women, there is another major area, which is the vaginal microbiome. And then for all of us, too, we have the skin microbiome. And, of course, it's different all over the body as well. Our palms have way less of a microbiome than our armpit. And, uh, you know, the face microbiome is a bit different than the microbiome on your calf. Mm. So there's all that whole system. And the thing is... You know, if we can really think of it in terms, too, of, you know, when we go to sleep, we don't put a lot of energy into making sure that our heart's going to function and that our cells are going to do their job and that we're going to keep breathing. And so when we allow the right environment, then they get to do the work. And so I like to think of the bacteria on our face and skin as our beautician. And we want to really think about like outsourcing our beauty routine, so to speak, uh, to our bacteria, because things like blackheads, rosacea, wrinkles, hyperpigmentation, those don't just start without being completely connected to our skin, to our gut microbiome. Blackheads begin because of a congested colon. So that's not, you know, the, the solution isn't just aestheticians extractor trying to get out of the blackheads or using like plastic 
plastics uh, exfoliation beads like this is so not a solution yeah. <laughs> like at all right so we want to change our mind frame and know that our skin's a living organism and it's not just this thing that's just like great when we're 15 and then going downhill to like wrinkles hyperpigmentation for the rest of our lives it's a living breathing thing and we kind of need to get out of the way a bit and just like allow the innate intelligence of our bodies of our microbiome of the universe to really take care of us yeah this so one of the things that i i mention a lot is just our bodies are so adaptable that we can we can relate to almost anything. You know, it's, we're almost too adaptable. You know, so we, now when you look around, people from a postural perspective, we've adapted to staring at computer screens and the rolled shoulders, and we're in this kind of subservient, depressed position because we've adapted to it. You know, but if yes. you allow yourselves to kind of be exposed to the nature and exposed to kind of the way that nature forms us a little bit more, then our bodies find homeostasis with that. But I feel like we've been kind of like hoodwinked or tricked by advertisers or whatever that we need to be dependent on those. And now our skin, these like blackheads, all things, I feel like it's probably some form of adaptation to protect I, things that I don't really know about. But it intuitively it makes sense that's yeah there's not an out like if like in the other eliminative systems then it's going to find a way out and the skin and the colon are completely connected so if it's not getting out one way it will manifest in another way and rosacea is so linked to things like leaky guts and a gluten intolerance you know most skin conditions have a deeper root cause the exciting thing i find because you know we're going to get we get emails and calls every day is that people's we always give deeper advice. Well, you know what I mean? Like where, where, where it's suitable. Um, so if people have acne or that kind of stuff, you know, we'll, we'll see, like, are you eating soy? What are you doing? So we try and give like a more sort of multi-dimensional answer when people email us, um, through our company. But the great thing is, it's just sometimes even just switching people like clear up 20 years of cystic acne. And so that's really exciting because I know if I, you know, if we really go into it, okay, eliminate these five food groups, get 10 colonics, and then, you know, put this on and your acne go away. That's pretty overwhelming. So the fact that people can have success just by, you know, stopping some things, allowing the innate intelligence, innate intelligence to kick in and then allowing their body to breathe more. And also we are completely sequestered from the elements the water and air and sunshine and the earth element. And so that's also something we really want to bring back in. Obviously it's not going to, we can't go back to, you know, living it. We're not going to live in caves and walk around naked or whatever we did, you know? So we've got to find a way to bring in the elements within our modern lifestyle. And that's really key. And then we allow the elements to also sort of, be a part of our skin's beauty team. Yeah, yeah. And again, outsourcing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So one of the things that's become like I, I, I don't think I've ever mentioned this. Because I haven't used shampoo or any kind of soap in right. uh, in for you know, I, I think several years. I don't remember the last time that it, that it's happened, and uh, except for specifically to take like chemicals off my skin or something like that. You know, but right. that's something that, again, like I've found when, when I go see a barber or whatever, you know, hairstylist, they're like, wow, your hair is great. What do you do? I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> it. <laughs> so, how do people navigate that? Is there some way like, is that the best thing? Are there products that we maybe should be using if you're into using products? Like, what do we think? 
Yeah, I mean, if you can go without, for sure. I mean, I always recommend never soaping the skin. Like, and we so, especially, especially the face. Hmm. We just should not have any soap on there. Um, you know, I just say sort of pits and bits, and you just use a natural bar soap. And um, hold, on, I have to fix my computer because your face is getting blocked. Okay, um, and so also, and then my like our son, for example, he's nine. We wash his hair like once every couple of years just for fun. But he like his hair looks great. His scalp is great. Nobody knows like he's not, you know, this like it looks great. It's healthy. It's not dirty. Um, you know, I, I don't know for some of us adults, if especially with women that really have long hair. I mean, if we've been washing our hair for so long, you know, if we have to do it. But I really don't wash my hair very often, like maybe every two weeks, maybe once a month. And, uh, you know, cause there is a more balancing. I've been using my own shampoo for years. There's also a no poo method out and anybody can Google that it's with apple cider vinegar and baking soda. Mm. Um, people have find it's a bit drying, but certainly, I mean, for your type of hair or short hair, it's like really good. And then what also, what, because of studying the microbiome, people are also understanding now cause they're doing different studies like, Hey, do all your normal ablutions and wash your hair and stuff, but don't then don't wash for three to four days. And then we're going to take like special photographs of your skin. And I can't remember the technological name. It kind of looks like a Kirlian photography, but no, it kind of looks like thermography. Mm. You know, they're like, they can see heat sensor or like this sort of like gives you those patterns and the different colors are showing is still there. So all the surfactants are still on the scalp. There's like sunscreen still on the body all these days later. And also through understanding the microbiome, they're really starting to understand too, all the surfactants that we've been come to love for our beauty routines, which are completely harming our microbiome and mutating microbes and creating missing microbes. All of that is getting lodged into the stratum corneum, which is the top, top layer of our skin. And it's not getting like you can, you know, even if it's like a gentle foaming cleanser from the health food store, you know, doing that washing, it's still there. The surfactants are still there. So you do that every day for months and years. You're lodging those things into your face and not allowing that more microscopic level of air, of breathing, allowing to happen. And then maybe you're putting on a benzoyl peroxide or a thousand dollar face cream that's petroleum based which does you know is that like saran wrap on the skin and many of these creams and things they have gimmicks in their ingredients that that can create like a temporary feel of something going on like a plumping you know and all that kind of stuff so you kind of or there is like moisture or humectants which are glycerin based and all of that is throwing things off and for for things like the humectants and the glycerin it's giving that temporary plumping but creating a long-term drought and this is the same for the glycerin based lubes which seem more natural but the the science is showing the damage it's doing to the inside of the vaginal microbiome and to our skin by creating a thing called osmolarity. So the cells are sensing the, the glycerin and the humectant on the outside, and they're releasing their water to balance. That's the osmolarity part. And so um, they're finding that vaginal cells, once they microscope them, they're like shriveled up like raisins, which is creating, you know, the spread of um, like an STD more. Uh, and on the face, it's like actually creating a longer term drought. So maybe that day it feels plump and juicy, but 
prolonged use is creating like a dryness over time. And same with the, you know, for lubricants for the vagina, it's like a long-term drying up of the whole situation, which we don't want. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that with chapstick. If I have exactly. chapstick's another thing that I haven't, I don't remember the last time there's every once in a while it's like emergency situation. It's like <laughs> random, like, Oh God, we need it. But in general, I find you become dependent on it the same way. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Everybody's our lip balm is just like, uh, don't, they, they, it lasts for a year, the whole tube, because they're barely using it because it actually worked to heal the situation instead of creating this skin dependency. What kind of lubricants for, for sex are, are uh, advised? Well, the easiest thing is just coconut oil because everybody probably has that in their kitchen. Sure. And, uh, you know, just natural oils. What was also studied really fascinating is that the KY jelly and pretty much every commercial lubricant slowed down sperm motility as well hmm. so this it was inactivating the sperms the sperms whatever <laughs> the sperms <laughs> the sperm the spermies the sperm. <laughs> yeah and um but they did fat the same study found something like, like things like mustard seed oil made the ser the sperm more excited and going into hyperdrive. So, I mean, that there's one little thing that could be inhibiting a little bit of a, you know, a whole fertility thing, or you're really trying and then you're throwing on the KY jelly, you know? So we got to really look at everything and know that if it isn't botanically based, it's probably messing up the micro because I feel like too, we, I feel like since the eighties, we've been slowly learning about the toxicity of skincare as you're saying that, one of the things that's come to my mind is, is um, something that I've jokingly said in the past is like, well, that's, yeah. that's great. I want to reduce my motility of my sperm because I don't want to get me pregnant. But what you, don't, <laughs> what you don't look at with that is, you know, that's the microcosm of your macrocosm. You know, if the motility exactly. is reduced with, with your sperm, that's your, your mini you. <laughs> you know? Yes. Many minis. <laughs> many, you know, there's some years. interesting things, though, that can be done for that. I mean, I you know highly recommend that women educate themselves about their their rhythms and their cycles and their fertility and through temperature and charting your ovulation and the fluids that are coming out around around ovulation, you will know so much about your body. So that's what women can do. And, um, you know, in search of herbs that really help is um, neem had been used for thousands of years in Ayurvedic medicine. And they did a more modern study, and people can Google this, with um, the Indian army. And they found that when men took neem, I don't have the dosage uh off the top of my brain, but men would take it. And it's a great herb anyway. It's so good for digestive and gut health. So they would just take a whatever, a certain amount every day, certainly not copious amounts. And that prevented um, the men, I can't remember what it did to sperm, but it did make no baby sperm. Okay. <laughs> but the, the moment the men went off the neem, all their sperm was happy and able to create pregnancies. So how is that not the most ideal birth control method on the planet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had a very good effective rate and didn't cause, you know, any, it doesn't cause damage for the male or the female. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how since like the Industrial Revolution or, you know, what, whatever you want to call it, how deleterious it seems it's been to the health of, of our species. But then at the same time, we kind of are skeptical of these kind of ancestral health practices. You know, but upon, you know, preparing for talking with you, I was looking into like the original uh, usage of like, or when essential oils came out, it was like 3500 BC in Egypt. You know, yeah. like, we've yeah. been doing this for freaking ever, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. And we've only been doing it was around the turn of the 19th century where the advent of synthetics came along. And that's even when you get you get the division between the perfumes and the pharmacological industry. Mm. And that's where aromacology even came out of because they did understand the use of the plants back then and were using them for more scientific use. But then synthetics came in and then they could make, oh, we can make like fake lavender. I mean, eventually, maybe that was more around the 1920s. But that division of synthetics really started to create a full division in our whole way that we perceive the world. And even back in ancient Egypt, the perfumers were also the priests, the medicine people. Mm. It was all one and the same. And even ancient Greeks, they, they had a, 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 a word, thiamectomy, that meant like, let, you know, let your perfume be your medicine. Oh. Yeah. And the other thing, this is just coming all from my researching this. It's not like this is just something I normally know about. But, yeah. um, but uh, was perf- perfume, the Latin, the Latin derivative of that is, is through smoke. Perf- yes. Perfumum, I, I believe is how you pronounce it. You know, yeah. it's it's an interesting thing, like looking at it just, again, like all these ancient practices I think are so cool, you know, and like yeah. the idea of, you know, as we burn this wood or this incense or this oil or whatever it may be, that smoke goes up into the heavens and pulls our prayer. Like all the, it's the intentionality of that lifestyle, I think is something that, again, we poo-poo on as though it's like, ah, that's fooey, you know, but even if it's placebo, which placebo is a legitimate, you know, it's <laughs> super important. Yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's just that intentionality that we have around our life. You know, when you have like a, a sweet smelling spray or something, it does something to your, your organism. It kind of like perks you up. It, it's, it, do you know what I'm saying? Like saging a room, mm-hmm. for example, all these little things I think we take for granted as being nothing because it's not like, I don't know, a surgery or something, but it's like, right. I, I think it makes a, a cellular difference. Is there any kind of traditions or things that you like to participate in in your Oh, yeah, we do all kinds of things. But they have now studied that if you you do sage your room, it does help with the uh, get rid of some airborne bacteria. So uh-huh. it's fun because now the science is really going, oh, yeah, yeah, this is working. Oh, yeah, we do all kinds of things. But I also feel some – it's like I feel like our whole home is like an altar and a prayer. And yes. we really live immersed in – plant world and having beautiful experiences in our home and in our daily practice. That is so cool. And that's, and that's, you know, your, your home, the house that you live in is an extension of your home. The body that you live in is an extension of your home, you know, that the community that you live in. You know, so I think that that's another kind of random angle that we can look at this. We can take care of this individual organism by maybe looking out and seeing how we, how we re- relate in our houses, you know, the feng shui of the house. Do we have a shower filter, perhaps, is another thing, which I'd like to talk to you about. <laughs> so, <Yes>. the, <laughs> Is that something that people should be thinking about, like chlorine, hot water, opening pores, all those things? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Oh, my gosh, yes, absolutely. People should think about that. So, um Chlorine is a huge disruptor of the microbiome and the skin's microbiome. And a stat is that we intake more chlorine in a shower, sorry, I hiccuped, than in a, um, than in a glass of water. So especially if you're experiencing any skin issues like eczema, psoriasis, acne, you would want to totally clear that up. And, um, you know, I understand we, when I had a, a, a rental in the city, we, uh, you know, we bought a shower filter and then we would do every process through the shower and we would fill up our bath via the shower because we couldn't, you know, change the whole system. Yeah. But now we're, we're tapped into some real water out in the country. And so that's really great. But it's definitely, you know, I even say to people too, like 
even buy like a, a glass bottle of spring water and put that in your bathroom and just use that for washing your face. It would, you know, it, it's not that expensive and you would go through it slowly just to do your rinsing and that kind of stuff. It would be very worthwhile mm. to really up your game. And I mean, considering what people have spent on synthetic lotions and potions, you would want to take care of that. I do have like this thing that I call um, just three easy steps with and stop, seal and seed. So you can take that approach. You can think of any area of your body, whether it's, you know, your oral microbiome, your skin, and you want to stop using all the things that are disrupting your microbiome. And you want, like, you know, putting in a shower. So stop showering in chlorine. Stop using petroleum-based products. And even with some naturals, you have to be, you know, because not all naturals are created equal. A lot of um, companies will compromise by the quality of ingredients they're using. Uh, many have mixes of real and synthetic. Many certified organic skincare also has parabens in it. Um, many are making cheaper decisions, sort of looking at that bottom line, and then using oils that will go rancid, like almond oil or peach kernel oil or grapeseed oil, which is always processed with a lot of solvents, or then just using strange ingredients like hyaluronic acid, which is actually molecularly too large to really be effective on the skin, mm. which is kind of a good thing because it's also, um, it's really it's made really gross. It's made with like muscle wastewater and like all this, it's so processed and gross. So you want to really look at that and stop doing the things that will disrupt the microbiome. And then maybe it's also stopping eating GMO corn and gluten and all of that, um, making sure that you're not disturbing your gut. And then the sealing part. So we've stopped seal. Now you're going to take a fresh look at your skin. You want to wash with oil you want to use um, plants rich in pigments and, and active ingredients that will help. You know, you know, you can use frankincense right on a zit. Mm. Um, you know, those kind of things. So, you re so now you're sealing and healing the skin uh, by not using soap, that kind of stuff. You want to maybe, maybe you have to look at sealing and healing the gut. Things like bleeding gums. That's, to me, a version of a leaky, like we've got leaky guts. To me, that's leaky gum. And so you want to, you know, stop brushing with sodium lauryl sulfate because that's like one main cause of bleeding gums. Um, I mean, there's other things like you might have to up your vitamin C, stop grinding your teeth at night, you know, it's a whole thing. Um, and then seed, you want to seed. So then you want to up your probiotic game, fermented foods. You can take honey and mix in a capsule of probiotics and then make your own mask at home. You can brush with probiotics, put them on your toothbrush with a tooth serum and so you just want to really think about um, investing in your bacterial bank account and really creating like diverse investments. So you want to have a wide range of, of, of uh, the bacteria. So you want to have all the lactobacilli. You want to include the bifidum. And so many studies show how those, um, those bacteria help reduce cavities, help with acne. And, you know, you want to just build that back up. Hmm. So let's stop seal and seed. Mm, I love it. Yeah, it's amazing how many things we could we could um, shore up just from, like you said, stop, like fasting, I think has been a really amazing experiment for me, because you realize how habitual your eating habits are. You know, in that sure. time where you're like, oh, I'm really hungry right now. It's it's noon. I'm <laughs> always hungry right now. If you just bypass that just for experimental purposes, you realize at like noon 20, you're like, oh, not hungry anymore. That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah drink like, some water and breathe. <laughs> right. I like, you know, I've always found like long term 
like, well, not even long-term, but it, for me, it's always been like, I'm challenging to go like a whole day or two without food, but I really enjoy, and I didn't really realize it was a thing. And then we were like, Hey, we do that naturally. We do intermittent fasting every day, just by natural, natural. You do, you know, do you know about intermittent fasting? Uh, I mean, and just in the sense of like, you go to, you eat your last meal at seven and then you don't eat again until breakfast. So it's kind of like intermittent fast. Yeah, or are you even earlier and uh, dinner, maybe five or six? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And go as long as you can in the morning. Yeah. So that's like very manageable. And but what is key to that and really what is key to I feel like a number one pillar for all health like for all well-being and really a pillar for trying to heal any imbalance or disease in the body is bringing your blood sugar down. Mm. Um, and that's also what can help you fast longer because you're not going to wake up starving because your blood sugar is in balance. So that's one of the number one things to take care of is, um, you know, bring it down to, to around an 80. But apparently most people are functioning at about a 110. And, and so the moment our blood sugar is spiked, that's the beginning of inflammation in the body as well. Mm. And then something that I, we've talked about on this program many, many times is that the gut brain access and yes. something we don't talk about, I don't think we've talked about at all, is the, the gut skin access. And I think mm -hmm. that's, is that something, so that's, that's kind of what you're getting at, is that, can that, how does, how does what we eat affect our skin? Are there some kind of basic principles that we can, people can kind of start utilizing now? Absolutely. Yeah. And it is all about the gut skin access because it's all connected. So any kind of pretty much any kind of skin issue is completely gut related at the end of the day. You can with the stop, seal and seed, you could clear up a lot of stuff without radical, radical dietary changes. But really like rosacea is a gluten issue and a leaky gut issue, you know. So um You've got to find, you, you know, elimination diets are good to see, you know, what's bothering your skin because, you know, for some person to, and then naturopaths have different kind of testing that's different than regular allergy testing. But, you know, I know for, um, for Ron, my, my man, you know, for, we, we've done all kinds of things, but then we found out he was really sensitive to yams and that whole family. So, I mean, that we wouldn't have really known through an elimination diet, you know what I mean? So that was really interesting to know that was bothering his skin. Huh. Um, but you know, and there's, you know, all kind. you know, oh my God, we diet, you could go on forever and research forever. But I do think there's some common things that are, are not healthy and not good for anybody's skin, which would be, um, and, and you know, some people are going to be more sensitive than others, but these are the key things to look at would be nightshades because they are cause inflammation and irritation. So that's things like, you know, the whole family, of eggplants, you know, uh, cayenne, like just that whole family. Mm. And then, um, soy, soy is just no for nobody, <laughs> especially women, what it does to our endocrine system and to estrogen. And already we're in a, in a situation where we have excess estrogen because of the plastics in our society. So we don't want to be adding to that est est um, excess estrogen. Mm. And people, I've literally seen their acne clear up within a week as soon as they eliminate soy. It's like a huge issue of hormonal acne and PMS and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, wheat, corn, gluten, um, I, I never felt I had a gluten issue. 
because um, we would rarely eat it because, you know, we've lived many, we hadn't eaten grains for a long time, that kind of stuff. But sometimes we might eat like an Ezekiel sprouted wrap or something, you know, thinking that was okay. But really when I went into gluten, I was like, wow, I don't think anybody on the planet can really handle it. <laughs> and um, so we've completely even eliminated any form of gluten for the past four years. And I, I think it's, even though I felt like I didn't have anything that the gluten was causing, what I found like a year later, I was like, oh, that little thing was like not irritating me anymore. Like I had a, I had a, I broke my wrist once and it was casted and they just didn't know like at the time that my pinky finger was sprained. So when the cast came off, my l pinky finger was slightly kinked oh, no. and the knuckle and it was, it was fine, but it, it just bothered me and it wouldn't fully straighten out. So I always wanted to get it massaged or like almost, I was like, Oh, maybe I could just put it in a little, like little mini like splint to keep it straight. And there was sort of like, you could feel the knuckle like I could just feel there was just stuff there. And, um, so a year of like zero, zero gluten, um, you know, like no spelt or, or anything. Cause we were, we, you know, everybody knows about wheat, but there's just so much gluten. I was like, Oh my God, finger is totally straight. And there's, I can't feel anything in it. And I just didn't notice it until like, you know, a long time, you know, cause it was just so normal and it's totally normal now. Yeah. It's just like the other pinky. So, I mean, that's so subtle and I didn't never had anything that I don't have any big health issues or like arthritis or anything, but I know when people do that change, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's this, it's creating spaciousness in the body via not just your movement practice, but also the, you know, what you ingest, what moves through that and, and what you allow to move through that. You know, something that so something that if you're continually eating something that's inflaming you, you're essentially continuing a person that's like carrying a bunch of heavy baggage to the airport. You keep on throwing them new bags. So through this process, again, like you said, like the stop, I think it's like most people don't ever have that opportunity to feel the difference between, you know, what it feels like to drop the bags. You know, I mm -hmm. think that that's, it's just that it's, if we could all just, you know, sack up and do the experiment for a week. You know, we've learned so much about ourselves. So much. And you really, you will feel better in a week. Um, although apparently gluten does take six months to leave the body. Even if you ate like a few crumbs, basically it, 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 it will take six months to really leave the body. But I know a lot of people feel really good within a week. One of the one of the things I was curious that that's, this has been daunting me. It's been on like my on my to do list forever now is getting a really nice box of essential oils and such. Mm -hmm. And so I'm here in my office, and I, I I share an office with another massage therapist here, and she's got like all these amazing oils and tinctures and concoctions. It's, it's great, but it's daunting, you know, because <laughs> they're because they're expensive, you know. So if you were to like, where does a person start that doesn't have any experience with essential oils, like? Is there kind of like a fundamental five or six or seven oils that like you're, you know, dropping the ball if you don't have these or what are your thoughts on that? Like, where do we start? Yeah, it is. It's a huge world and I love it. Um, but it can't, you can really simplify it too. And the great thing for you, as I know where you can start, cause you're moving to Santa Monica tomorrow is you can pop over to our store in Venice beach. Yes. And smell <laughs> everything. Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I always think like, if I like my five, if I was like on a desert island or whatever, yeah. which may not be like, these are my five, you know, um, after having used them for 20, over 25 years, I would take peppermint, 
because like on a first aid level, it's so great because it has this freezing, numbing ice quality. Mm. So, um, you know, where it's so inconvenient to walk around with ice, you can just put a drop of peppermint on. And it's just helpful for things like an irritating hangnail or a bruise. It's uh, It sends the blood away from the area that was got hit so that... Um, it will it will really help heal a bruise fast, um, and it's you can put it in a drop in water, and it's just delightful and clearing. It's so good for headaches. You could put a drop on the back of your neck, on the occipital ridge, or on your temples. And then I love frankincense because it's it's so divine and ancient and fortifying. It's just strength in a bottle, and when you inhale it, it, it just feels uh, like your lungs are opening up. And uh, it's such a beautiful oil from the resin, of the sap of the frankincense tree. And then immortal, because you can put that on anything as well. So if you had like a open wound, you could put peppermint, frankincense and immortal, but you can just pour that on and it will really help to heal and seal. And it's one of the it's so good for scars and skin care. It's just so loving for the skin. And then um, my ethereal, sort of less practical one, it's, although it's still got practicality, but is neroli, which is from orange blossoms. And uh, it's, it was one of the only ones that has sort of this other name that's not based on its Latin binomial because it was named after this Italian princess or the Duchess of Nerole, who would put like put it all on her leather gloves back in like the 17th century, because leather gloves, I guess, stunk a lot because of the whatever they were using for tanning, hmm. the hide. And so it's it's simply, I mean, orange grove. If you've ever walked around an orange tree in blossom, I mean, it was so divine. So that's gorgeous. I pour that in my hair. I pour that on my pillow at night. And then uh, the crowning queen would be Rose Otto, which is the steam distilled rose. It's not the rose absolute. And again, it actually it's it's as potent and medicinal and antibacterial and antifungal as clove, except it's, you know, softer and gentler. Um, it can also kind of anesthetize an area. So in your mouth, you could use it to, to numb, combine that with peppermint. Um, there's some women that if they're doing things that, that for, like clients of ours, if they're doing things to their face, they do, um, they, they actually make a combo of Rose Auto, Peppermint and Immortel. And then that helps, like if they were getting injections or different things, it will help freeze the, fa freeze the face for the injection and, and prevent zero bruising. So it's just like, just I'm giving that example so you can just tell like that combo is really neat it's beautiful, but strongly medicinal as well. Cool. Yeah, I've got them written down, and I'm, I'm headed to your shop in Venice. <laughs> now, there could be, I feel like generally in, a, in a probably like a classic aromatherapy book, you might get the more like tea tree, lavender, uh, along with those. But right. those are my fundamental five. <laughs> so recently, something I've been thinking about quite a bit is um, you had mentioned making... Um, uh, what did you say? Like ceremonial? What is that? What is that called? Uh, when you have a altar of, of sorts in your oh, house, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and so something recently that I did, that I, I've mentioned already, is uh, 
the I cleaned up my bookshelf and I organized all my mm-hmm. books into different categories and it was kind of this cool representation of like who I've become and who I'm becoming and you know seeing what I'm interested in you can kind of see that and then you stack it and organize it and you look at it and to me it became this like religious altar of sorts you know I stand in mm-hmm. front of it and it's like oh you know and I, I have a similar <laughs> thing in front of my fireplace I have this cushion that I sit at and I read and I make sure everything's organized and swept and all that stuff and I find that so valuable for me to 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 heal myself, you know, for me to mm-hmm. to be able to have that space to really decompress or whatever kind of adjectives you want to put on it. Is there anything that you could share about uh, ways that you've done that in your own home? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like everything we bring into our home too has like, you know, it's really been chosen, and so. That's just how we've all, you know what I mean? Like we have like wooden cutlery, for example, or, you know, most of the furniture is like vintage, mid-century modern. We actually had a funny situation three years ago because our entire home burnt down. What a blessing. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. Depending on how you look at it. And then a blessing. blessing, blessing. (laughs) I'm always able to find the blessing, but it was, it was like, oh, gut wrenching for a few moments there. Um, So it's neat too, because we kind of had to rebuild this altar of our home, but we always felt like it's like we actually don't have like an altar space. It's like the whole thing is. Exactly. And that's even when you talk about books, it's funny because I've always categorized my books. And then I've also, this could be another step for you. Uh, rainbow then you then um, you color categorize them within their sections cool and that is so calming for the eye or at least my eye because it's like less movement around you know what I mean it's just like there it's so that's you could take it a little bit further Um, and then I feel like we live and then I feel like our house is also in the middle of a whole altar because we live on 200 acres of land in beautiful pristine forest with fresh water and then the whole earth's really an altar. <laughs> yeah. And then your mind is an altar. And then you also want to put things on the altar of your mind that you want to, like you were talking about not adding to the baggage. And I feel like, you know, we need to use meditation and those kind of things to just lay down our arms, put things on the altar and just give it up. Yeah. Yeah, I've been reading recently about entropy, you know, and how all things tend to lead towards this disorganization or entropy or, you know, and what until you add intention to the equation, you know, and so that's if you leave your body lying around, you can see that your connective tissue gets all cacophonous and disorganized. And but then you start kind of stretching and mobilizing and you do some squats and you go for a run and you see these patterns start to sync up. It's the same thing in your home. You know, if you don't mm-hmm. give a damn for X amount of minutes, hours, days, entropy, boom, the house is a wreck. You know, but if we could start exactly. practicing, how do we incorporate that intention into all facets of our lives? We can start kind of tidying up some of that entropy that ends up manifesting. And that's something since I've been paying attention to it, now I'm noticing it everywhere. You know, you see more mm-hmm. entrepic people. I, I'm not sure if that's a word, but, you know, it's like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, well, I, I like that. I mean, obviously, you know, there's so many ways to look at intention and I've, I know what you're saying. And I also, sometimes it's good to step back from things like intention or goals and really, cause especially in our culture, cause it's really deeply embedded in our psyche, but really thinking about being, you know, being the love, being the intention, mm. which is a little bit further back than creating intention. Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. And because sometimes the goals, too, can be this like 
carrot that we dangle in front of ourselves to try and motivate us. But I really think culturally, collectively, we have to really stop operating from our adrenals and sort of like shift the gears down a bit, go to the being, co-create with life, with the universe. And I think when we just be the things that we want to do too, Hmm. then it's like even less trying to coerce things. You know what I mean? I absolutely 100. Yeah, I uh, yesterday I was working with a client here uh, my office and there was he was a yogi, you know, and he's like really intentional, you know, and really pranayama breath and you know, and, <laughs> and what as we were working through there, I was working around his like sternum trying to open up some breath around that space. And uh, he was so focused on this intentional breath that I was completely blocked out. You know, because he's running this program of intentionality as opposed, you know, eventually I told him to F-U-C-K, you know, I-N-G, <laughs> breathe through your heart. Like, get, get in there. You know, like, let go of all the all the, the nonsensical, like, this is what I've, this is, this is how I do things. I want you to just let it go. You know, and I think that that's, that's the other end. You know, we got to have the, the balance. <laughs> so I appreciate you, you pointing that out, you know. Is there, um, yeah, do you see... What do you think about that? Do you have any kind of practices with with balancing that intentionality and also kind of like the animalistic free flow? Um, well, I think I mean I've all it's something I've always considered. Um, not always, but I you know since in my twenties, it's sort of a thing that I've gone back and forth between. Like you know, how do you get something done? You know, and that feeling of like letting go, but at the same time like needing to actually accomplish something. You know what I mean? That sort of balance. And then, you know, I always would say to to Ron, like, you know, how is not now? So if there's something you desire and you want to create, but then immediately, which feels good for a moment, and then the brain kicks in, like, okay, how? Oh, you know, and then you start going on to that whole thing. And that completely takes you out of that now of it. Mm. And, um, or sometimes you're like, yeah, I trust and I know that, you know, this and that will happen and this will be created. But just that moment of, of not trying to figure out how essentially. And, um, I think it was neat about the fire too, because it was, it was so this moment of like, you know, a real holy, holy F moment. And, um, <laughs> when you see something so huge burning, so bright and you can't do anything right. That's completely, I mean, all you can do is call 911. You can't like, throw a cup of water on that or even close. So you're faced with complete powerlessness Mm. and you're exhausted on every level after, you know, so then the fire goes out and you're just wasted on, you know, on that level, like you're spent and on, you're just, whoa. So you, so then I was like, oh my God, you know, everything we've just spent our whole lives building and, um, you know, and it included our business workshop as well. And my mother had just died. So, um, six months before. So we had all these beautiful, beautiful treasures and heirlooms. And I mean, we, the loss was staggering and you, the thinking about building that up again the next day, that's kind of exhausting too, right? You're not like, okay. let's go in my pajamas. Now we will build our lives. Um, so you really have no choice because you don't have the wherewithal to gather the momentum to rebuild. Um, but then you see how the universe handles things even more and, um, it all comes together with less effort. 
you know, in that way. So sometimes we have big moments like that that show us that we are constantly creating with the universe. I think also knowing, you know, just like the breath, the air that we're breathing now was also breathed by our ancestors, really tapping in, you know, meditate on the fact that everything still exists and every thought is something. Every thought that's ever been exists somewhere in the universe. And we have to see that materiality of things and understand that. And I think then that helps you see how we can create, I think, with a little bit less effort. And what's important is, is I think things like breathing, meditating, you know, it's so I sometimes I'm just like, you know, it's I don't even know if I call it meditation, but I'll just be like, am I breathing? Let's just breathe. Let's forget about creating this, that let's just see, like, am I breathing? <laughs> like, like sort of the most essential thing. And is it deep? Mm. And I feel like those are important messages that you want to sort of give feedback back to your body. I am breathing. I'm taking the time to breathe. And, um, and I do think it's important that we have moments in our day, however you want to do it, either by deeply focusing on something you love or by meditating, um, by, by thinking a lot less, at least trying to get the thoughts into neutrality and even having moments where you're not thinking. So you can give that a break and allow everything that you wanted to create to come forward without counteracting with resistant thoughts. Mm. Yeah, I wonder, as you're describing that, I'm, I'm relating it to thinking like, like, I think Jung called it ego death, you know, or thinking yeah. about like, you know, going that if you go through, say, Peruvian plant ceremonies or what have you, you go through an experience, not just Peruvian, but, you know, plant ceremonies in general. Um, but you go through that experience where you're so attached to this world that I've created and this ego that I, you know, am Nadine, I am Aaron, you know, and it's like all mm -hmm. these things that we, we've built, you know, and then all of a sudden it becomes kind of a little bit porous and slippery and it can kind of slip through your hands. And that feeling is, oh my God, I'm losing it all grip harder. And that's, you know, eventually like psychosis, I think. But then the process of letting go, accepting that it's okay, that, you know, I am always connected with everything. It is going to be okay. I've always, with those experiences, I've always felt this real extreme sense of gratification at the end of mm -hmm. that, you know, this real sense of calm, you know, and it, but it was a yeah. product of my ego house burning down. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Did you experience that at all with, with you know, like your material house? It was, yeah, it, I mean, well, and what, yeah, because I'm, I mean, talk about some people are like, oh, maybe it's a lesson in attachment or something. I'm like, this right. is beyond a lesson in attachment. <laughs> it's in there too. But um, yeah, it's just like, like literally nothing except, except then you also realize what you do have, which our family, we're still alive. And, and it was neat too, because we have this land and really that is our home. You know, I think if we had been on a city block and then you, you just have like, you know, a little, little front yard, right. you know, you wouldn't have that same feeling like when it's all, when your house is gone, it's gone. But we, you know, so we have, you see other things that you have and that there's another kind of roof over your head with just the sky. Mm. Uh, so there's just so many life lessons to learn. And yeah, I think, you know, definitely gratitude and appreciation. You have to, you have to find that foothold in your mind, wherever you're at. And you have to like one thought by that, by putting one thought in front of the next thought, you have to find that that foothold where you can lift your being up through your mind and with your thoughts and use your thoughts to create. Mm. We got to hang out sometime. I mean, 
<laughs> I'd love to continue this conversation at some point. And, you know, if you come down to Venice or what's, you know, you, you make it out there at all? We do. We do. We're there usually a couple times a year. Oh, good. Cool. Sweet. Well, if you, yeah. if you make it down there, I'd be happy to offer you, you know, rolfing, body work, whatever. See if I can. Oh, awesome. Make your... We love, we're big fans of rolfing oh. and body work. Oh, good. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, let me know. I, um, how do people, how do people find, learn more about you? I think, you know, your work's awesome. I really appreciate you spending the time here. It's been great. Where, where do people find you? Livinglibations.com. It's all there. And, uh, of course, all the social media channels like Instagram. Instagram's my favorite because that's the one I, I do. And uh, you, it's all basically pictures of our land and what we see every day. Cool. Radical. Yeah. Well, uh, sweet. I uh, look forward to getting to connect in the future. Nadine, thanks so much. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, I will see you. Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show, and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can find my blog. You can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the, and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body as well. Be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist, a massage therapist, all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening, and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one, and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.